Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Jason McGay. Well, I do have the honor and privilege of uh, preaching the word to you this morning, and I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to read verses 16, 17, and 18. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation, so it takes a little bit longer. But that's okay, right? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 16, 17, and 18. It says this, What agreement can there be between a temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in and with and among them, and will walk in and with and among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So, come out from among, and says unbelievers, and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and touch not any unclean thing. Then I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor." Now, let's look at verse 18 particularly here. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There are some great promises there for us. Hallelujah. There are some facts in the New Testament that are ours in Christ Jesus. And uh, in in thinking about and praying about what, what the Lord would have me talk about today, I was reminded of a of something that happened recently, and um, I don't. Most of you probably won't know who this is, but there's a, f- a minister um, who was the pastor of a church that I used to go to, and um, he passed away suddenly, just the other day. And so uh, I found out through Facebook, and I found out through Facebook because there was all these posts from people that knew him, saying, you know, such and such, you were this to me, and. You know, I remember this and the recalling memories. They're talking about how this pastor impacted their lives, what he had done for them. And they were recalling all these things and saying, you know, we will miss you. And most of them saying you know, something along, you know, congratulations, you're in heaven now, and along those sorts of lines. But people were talking about what this pastor was to them. And they were saying such things as, this is how you impacted my life. You, you encouraged me when I was discouraged. You, you uh, gave me an opportunity when no one else would. You put trust in, and belief in me. You believed in me that I could do something. You know, there's a number of things that people were saying that this pastor had done. And so when we look at things like that, what these people are saying is, this is who this pastor was to me. That's who he is to me. I remember him because of whatever the memory is. This is who you are to me, is what they are saying. 
It includes what it is that that person had done for them, what the, this particular pastor had done for them. But it's about who that pastor was to them. Amen? Amen. And I was thinking about that, and it's a good way of understanding who God is to us. I want you to think about that for a minute, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here. Who is God to us? In these verses here, we can see he says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Now, there's a lot of times where we can, we can, learn, and, and, um, we can learn about God. Now, there's lots of things that I've come to learn about this pastor. Right? He was my pastor for a little while. And there were certain things that, yes, he gave me opportunity when lots of people wouldn't. He was gentle in dealing with me when he could have been strict. Right? There are things that, that blessed my life that God used this man to help me in. And that's how I remember this person. This is, what I knew, this is how I knew this person. That's who he was to me. You know, and in the same way, there are things that God has done in our lives that present to us a picture of who he is to us. And I know that you can sit there and think about that. And you can remember, what is it that he has done in my life? Who is he to me? You know, there are, there's, there's lots of things that I can recollect about how, you know, there were times where I wasn't following him, and he was trying to get my attention. There were times where I was endeavoring to obey him, but I just didn't know a whole lot about how to follow him. And so I was doing a whole bunch of stuff that I probably didn't need to be doing. And yet, in all of that, he would direct me. And yet, in all of that, he would lead me and guide me. And I'd come through on the other side and say, how did I get over here? And realize the Lord was leading me the whole time, and I didn't even realize it. Almost in spite of all I was doing, going this way, going that way. Have you ever had that with your kids? And they're running around, and you want to get from A to B. You're, let's say you're walking through the park. They're easily distracted, right? They run off to this little log over there or that stone over there or that little, you know, bird, and then they chase that bird through the woods or whatever, and they, they're easily distracted. You want to get from here to the concession stand over there, and you're kind of half following your child. Oh, let's go over this way. Okay, come back to the path and, and all that sort of stuff, and eventually you get there. And then the child is like, oh, look, ice cream. And they're so excited that they got to the concession stand and had ice cream. And that was your intention the whole time. But they were distracted by the log, by the rock, and by the bird, and by whatever else came around. But eventually they got there. And in our lives in the same way, that happens to us. Right? Even with good and godly things. We can, oh, I really like this teaching, and I enjoy this thing over here. And, you know, I, I'm looking for a house, and God's going to get me a house. And, and we can, and nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with that at all. But he's leading you on a path. Yes, absolutely. 
And when you get to where he wanted you to go, you go, oh, we're here. This is wonderful. And he says, yes, son, yes, daughter, it is wonderful. Yes, he is. And when I start talking about things like that, I'm talking about how the Lord is our good shepherd. How he leads and directs our lives. That's who he is to us. You know, to Israel, Israel knew God as their deliverer. They knew God as the one who brought them up out of Egypt when they were in slavery and in bondage. That's how they knew him. There's songs about that, psalms about that. And what are they doing? They're recalling, Lord God, you are this way to us. You are our deliverer. We were in bondage. We were serving another master against our own will. We were not free. And you sent someone. And even though we grumbled and complained, you brought us out. You brought us out and you brought us into our own land where we could serve you, where we could acknowledge you and be blessed by you. You did that, Lord God. This is what they would say. This is how they knew him. They knew him that way and that's who he was. He is their deliverer. And they would make statements like, God, you are my deliverer. And we were just singing about that this morning. That's who he is to them. And you may have been in a place where you were bound by something. And in some respect, all of us were before we knew the Lord. Bound by sin. Bound by selfishness. Entrapped in darkness. Wandering, not knowing where we're going, knowing there's a purpose greater than what I'm experiencing, but not finding it in anywhere I put my hand. And Jesus came, hallelujah, and delivered you out of that place of darkness, delivered you out of that bondage and addiction, delivered you out of that place where you didn't know where you were going, gave you the purpose, showed you what you were made for, brought you into the kingdom of God and placed you in his, his place, his kingdom. That promised land gave you an inheritance, gave you something to enjoy. Hallelujah. He did that. And we say, Jesus, you are my Savior. And we know him as our Savior. And that's how we know him. But how else can we know God? How else? Should we know him? Don't you think about where you're at in your life and how you know God. When someone asks you a question, let's say it's an unbeliever and they ask you, and they say, well, who is Jesus? Who, I mean, like, they've heard some stories, maybe, maybe not. Who is God to you? How do you answer that question? What comes to mind automatically? Now, sometimes we've been in church long enough that we get pat answers. We have a, an answer that we've learned by rote. Well, you know, Jesus, he's the son of God, and he died on the cross for sins. He was raised from the dead. All of those things are true. But who is he to you? Yeah. Who is he to you? That's why your testimony is so powerful and so important. Because you're telling of who he is to you. You say, well, 
there, there was this, I was wandering in the world. I was having struggles. Or I was doing pretty good, but something was missing inside. I had everything I wanted, and yet I was empty. I don't know. And then I heard about this man. Or it was, I had a, I had a relative, and they were ill. And someone took them to a meeting, and they got instantly healed. And it got my attention. And I thought I was okay, wandering around, doing what I want to do, living the life I want to live, until that happened, and it challenged everything that I believe. Because if that person can be healed of something that was terminal or incurable, and someone did that, then it challenged my idea of life. And suddenly, in that place where I was challenged, I heard the gospel. And I knew in my heart, this is real. The same one who healed my brother, healed my sister, healed my relative, is the same one, hallelujah, that provides salvation for me, eternal life for me. It's the same one. And he, he is alive today. He lives today. And then all of a sudden, that person's life changes. That's their testimony. That is how they know him. How do you know him today? Who is he to you? And all of us can share something. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here. Otherwise, you wouldn't bother to listen to what I'm saying to you right now. And hopefully you are actually listening to what I'm saying to you right now. But who is he to you? Just think back. Think over your life, the things that he has done in your life. And yes, those things that he has done may have blessed you, may have delivered you, healed you, helped you. But in all of those things, it's a testament to who he is. And it's a testament to who he is to you. And who he is to you does not change. Who he is to you never changes. If he's been your deliverer once, he'll be your deliverer always. There's nothing that can get in his way that's just like he says, well, I deliver you from that, but, you know, I'm a little busy at the moment. And besides, you haven't been talking to me or worshiping me very much lately, so I'm just going to let you sit, struggle through this one a little bit more until you really cry out to me. And then, and then, you know, I'll think about delivering you. That's not our God. That's not how He is. That's not who He is to us. No, 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 no. Those lies might float around in your head, but you don't have to let them sit there and take root. You push those away and you say, no, no, no. My God has delivered me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He delivers me now. Hallelujah. And just as surely as He is, so I am delivered. Let me take a moment to explain that statement. We read this one here. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. 
And we're actually going to read verses 5 and 6. Uh, no, we're not. That isn't the right one. Hold on a second. 15 and 16. Let's look at 15 and 16. In those days and at that time will I cause a righteous branch to grow up to David. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah shall be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. Who here has heard that name before? A few of you, yeah? So he is calling himself, I am the Lord, and I am the Lord, your righteousness. You know, our names are important, not just because when someone calls it, we turn our head and go, what? (laughs) But you know, when you... if you've lived in the earth any period of time, when you state someone's name, like for example, when you were a kid, in your school, there were kids that had a name. Now, everybody has a name. But you could go to another school and talk with those kids and say, yeah, you know so-and-so, and they go, oh, I've heard of so-and-so. Because so-and-so has a reputation. There's a reputation attached to their name. You know what I'm talking about. There's a reputation attached to their name. That reputation precedes them sometimes. And that reputation is because they have done certain things that stand out. And others go, oh yeah, I know that name. They attach the deeds that were done to the person's name. They attach the deeds that were done to the person's name. So there's a recognition that happens. And they say that person's name, and all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, I remember that kid in school. Man, he was a real bully, and this and that, and that, and that. And that person's reputation follows because all it took was that name, and it triggered all these memories and all this stuff that comes back because of the name. So when Jesus is called the Lord, our righteousness, it's with the intention of us understanding There is something there that He does as the Lord, our righteousness. Now, I like this verse particularly for a number of reasons. A little bit bit about it with you. I'll take the cap off first here. (laughs) It's not the first time I've done that either. Hmm. Now, there's a a little bit of a background. When God states His name to His people, He's telling them something very important. He's telling them, this is who I am to you. When He says, I'm Jehovah, the Lord, and then He says, Rapha, healer, He's saying, I am the Lord who heals you. That's His reputation. 
that's what follows him around. When you hear Jehovah Rapha, you're like, that is the Lord who heals me. When he is saying his name and declaring who he is, he's saying, this is who I am to you. He's saying, I'm your healer. And here he's saying, I am your righteousness. I am your righteousness. Now, often when we think about righteousness, we think of all the right good things that I have to do that God requires of me. And yes, there are good things that God requires of us, but the fact that we think about it in that manner shows that we don't understand righteousness very well. But it's often our human thinking, human thinking without God's revelation, our human thinking is that righteousness means all the things that I have to do to get God to bless me or to be okay with God and Him not be upset with me. We think like that. So when we think about righteousness, we think, okay, well, I have to live righteous. I have to, have to pray. I have to read my Bible. I have to go to church. I have to love one another and, and be kind and be generous. And I have to do all these things that God requires because that's what he requires. And if I don't, then I'm in trouble. And if I really want God to bless me, then I got to do all the right stuff and then he'll look after and bless me. That's not Bible thinking. That's Old Testament thinking. That's not New Testament thinking. So when we hear a statement like, the Lord, our righteousness... What is he saying to you and I? And what he's saying is, it's not about you being righteous. I am your righteousness. I am your righteousness. In other words, he's saying, it's not because you did everything right. It's because I'm making you right. The Lord, our righteousness. It's not because... You're doing everything right. It's because He is making you right. Yes, yes. Come on. He's talking about a branch that comes from David, which is a prophetic about Jesus, our Messiah. What has Jesus done for us? When He went to the cross, He took the penalty of our sin. We sang about it this morning. He paid for all of our sin so that we could be made righteous before God our Father. Jesus did that. Who did it? Did you do it? No. Somebody did. Jesus did. He has made you righteous in the eyes of the Father. He made you that way. If you've received Jesus... If you've received forgiveness through Him, you are right with God. Righteous. That's how He sees you. He is the Lord, our righteousness. Did you do anything to to earn that righteousness? Did you have to behave a certain way to gain that status? No. But somebody did. And that somebody is Jesus. Hallelujah. He did. Do you believe He did? Do you really believe He did? That He did everything right on your behalf so that you could be in God's presence and not be concerned about, "Mm, maybe I am cower in fear. Maybe I didn't do everything okay. Maybe I'm not praying the right way. I don't know. I kind of sinned earlier this week, and I think I messed up, or I haven't been spending enough time or in my Word and in the Word enough. No, 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 no. 
Jesus did everything right already for you. The Lord, my righteousness. That's who he is to me. So my right standing with God is not dependent on what I do or don't do. It's wholly dependent on what Jesus did. Do I believe that? If I believe that, he makes me right. He does it in me. Okay. Knowing that is an amazing fact. It's a freeing fact. It's a wonderful truth that I can be totally at free and at peace with God and enjoy Him and be okay with Him and He's okay with me. Not because I did everything good, but Jesus did, and I believe that. I don't come to the Father in my name. I come in the name of Jesus because Jesus did everything right to allow me in. Have you ever been to a place like um, some sort of, well, maybe these days, hopefully these days are far behind you now. You go to a club. And they don't just let anybody in. And it's not a matter of having money or paying enough money to get in. It's a matter of who do you know. But you know someone who has access. And so it doesn't matter who you are or what you got or what you can do. You're not getting in. But you know somebody. And because you know somebody, you're getting in. So when you're in... It's not because you're great or wonderful or whatever you can do. It's because you know somebody who's wonderful and great and God in. Well, in a very sim- similar way, it's not, you, you don't have access to the Father because you're wonderful, great, or do everything good. It's because you know somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they're wonderful and great, and they did something good. Amen. And because you know them, you get to go in. Amen. And as long as that person is... You have access. Because your access, your righteousness was never based on what you've done or didn't do. It's always based on Him and who He is. And as long as He is, you're righteous. That's right. As long as he exists, you're righteous. As long as he is the Lord, he is the Lord, your righteousness. So you are always righteous because he always is. The Lord, my righteousness. That's who he is to me. Are you getting this? That's who He is to me. He Himself is my righteousness. As long as He is, I'm righteous. Oh, hallelujah. As long as He is, He's your healer. As long as He is, He's your sanctifier, the one that makes you holy. As long as He is, He is your redeemer. Who is he to you? Do you know him that way? Oh, hallelujah. 
Well, praise the Lord. Go with me back to Corinthians again, but 1 Corinthians this time. And we're going to go to chapter 1. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at verse 30 and verse 31. Now, I understand that you know, there is a difference in the translations here, so bear with this. This is the Amplified. Your, your King James may say it a slightly different way, but it all works together, and we'll, you'll understand it clearly. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says this, But it is from Him that you have your life, in Christ Jesus. That's a really good point right there. I mean, we could stop there and I could just continue preaching for the next little while just on that statement alone. The life that you have in Christ came from Him, not because you manufactured it. It was given to you. But it is from Him that you have your life in Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking about Christ Jesus here, whom God made our wisdom. That is, our righteousness and our consecration and our redemption. God made Jesus to be our righteousness. He made Him to be our consecration or holiness. He made him to be, that, to be the one set apart for us so that we are set apart for the Father. Clean, holy, pure. God the Father made Jesus our redemption. Bought us out of slavery, bought us out of sin, bought us out from darkness and death and all the miseries that accompany sin. He bought us out of that world, out of that kingdom. He redeemed us. So sin doesn't own you anymore. Wickedness doesn't own you. Evil doesn't own you. Bad habits don't own you. They don't own you anymore. You don't belong to them. They're not yours. You're, they, you don't belong to them. Jesus bought you with his own blood, with his own life. He bought you. He purchased you. Now you belong to Him. And I, know, I can tell you, Jesus knows how to keep and protect His stuff so that the enemy doesn't steal it, Amen. doesn't destroy it, doesn't harm it. Jesus knows how to keep His own. He said, my sheep are in my hand, and no one takes them out of my hand. Right? Oh, hallelujah. He knows how to keep His stuff. And we are His stuff. We belong to Him. We are. We are His people. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Praise the Lord. But Jesus Himself, the Anointed One, is our righteousness. As long as He is, we are righteous. Jesus is our holiness. 
as long as he is, we are holy, consecrated unto God. Jesus is our redemption. As long as he is, we are redeemed. Oh, hallelujah. Not because we're so wonderful or great or did everything right. And you might be wonderful and great and do good things. But that's not why you're righteous. That's not why you're holy. That's not why you're redeemed. It's because Jesus is your redemption, your holiness, your righteousness. Hallelujah. God has made him to be that for us. Now, if you read some of the verses before this, you'll see that in that chapter that people are trying to figure out how to get to God, how to live in such a way to have eternal life, how to know Him. They're trying to figure it out their own way. They're trying to do it on their own merit. They're looking for something powerful and wonderful to happen because of what they're doing. And it doesn't come that way. It only comes through Jesus. So it's not a matter of you trying and not a matter of you working hard at it. It's a matter of you having faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in who He is to you. Faith in who He is to you. It's not enough just to know that Jesus is Lord. Because He is. The devil knows that Jesus is Lord and trembles at the mention of his name. When that name, the name, the name, who he is, the name, who his reputation, who he is. Even the devil trembles at the name of Jesus when that name comes from the lips of those that have faith in him. When that name is uttered from lips that confess Jesus is Lord. Not just Lord over there, but Lord right in here. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So that when you call the name of Jesus, it's everything that he is to you. Jesus, you're my deliverance. Jesus, you are my righteousness. Jesus, you are my redemption. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are my freedom from sin. Jesus, you are my the, everything that is good in God, my peace, my joy. That is Jesus to me. And everything that he is to you is released when you speak his name in faith. You get to carry around and bear his name. You get to wear it like a badge of honor. You get to wear it like a cloak. His name dwells in you. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God had chosen Israel and had chosen the temple in Israel as a place for His name to dwell. What does that mean? It means that everything about who God is to Israel will reside and live in that designated place. We were just reading in verses before where we are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. His name dwells in us. That means who he is should dwell and live in our lives. Hallelujah. 
This is good news, praise God. It's very good news because, you know, it's very easy to have faith in someone you know. We're not struggling for faith. You know, if, if you, there are people in your life that you just know how they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't surprise you a whole lot because you know how they are. You know that if you ask them for a favor, they might do it grudgingly. You know who they are. There's others, you know, that all you have to do is mention, I have this thing that I need help with, and you don't even have to ask, and they're already offering to do something for you, to help you. Because who they are to you. Oh, hallelujah. And you know, it's not difficult to have faith for or against. Now, you might have an uncle that doesn't do anything for you and is the grudging one. And so... So someone says to you, well, let's just ask your uncle to come give us a hand. And you're like, I'm not even going to bother asking because I know who they are. Right. Oh, are you listening? I'm not even going to bother asking because I know who they are. And they're going to say, no, no, he said that he would help. And you go, I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> Why do you have a, a hard time believing that? Why? Because you know him. I know him. He's not going to do anything. He's just saying that to get you off his back. He's not planning on doing nothing. Not double negative, I know. He's not doing anything. Because you know him. So it's hard to believe that he might do something different than who he is. The world has taught us lies about who God is. And it's time that we reject those lies and say, no. The Bible says God is this way. This is who He is to me, and I believe it. And it's not hard to have faith when you know Him. He is this way. If He's healed me once, He'll heal me again, because He's always the Lord who heals me. If I've ever been made right with God, I'm always right with God, because the Lord is my righteousness. Right? He's the one who does that. It's easy to have faith in Him that way. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm going to try to have faith. I'm going to try really hard to believe that God will do this in my life. It takes everything within me. I'm going to try really hard to believe God. Well, you're not believing God like that. When you know somebody, it's not difficult to believe that they will act and do according to how you know them. When you know him as your healer, it's not difficult to believe that he will heal your body. Because you know him that way. Faith is easy and natural. It just comes. It's just part of knowing him. Hallelujah. It is our Father's desire for us to know Him as He is to us. All throughout your Bible, He is telling us, I am your Father. I want you to be my sons and daughters. He is saying, I will bless you. I will take care of you. 
I have cleansed you from sin. I have made you free. I won't let anything hurt or harm you. I will keep you. I will protect you. I will lead you. I will direct you. Look at all the things that Jesus has said. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. What is he saying? This is who I am to you. If you're in darkness, I am the light of the world. He who believes in me shall not remain in darkness, hallelujah, but shall have the light of life. That's what he said. Because that's who he is to us. And if you've been in a place where you've been in darkness, deep darkness, and he's brought you out into the light, you can say, I know the Lord is my light. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Hallelujah. Just like David said. It doesn't matter if it looks like I get to a place where there's darkness. The Lord is my light. And as long as he is, I have that light. Praise God. He's the bread of life. Eternal life. The real living that comes out of your innermost being. That living, that life. You can eat bread in the earth all the days of your life and die in the desert like the Israelites did. He's not talking about grocery store bread. He's talking about that substance, the sustenance of living on the inside, eternal God's kind of living, life, spirit life. He is that. You'll never have a day, if you know him as the bread of life, you'll never have a day where I'm just, you know, the word is just dull to me and I just seem so dry spiritually and I just... Oh, I don't know, Christianity is such a struggle. and uh, You need to know him as the bread of life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is he telling us? He's telling us, this is who I am to you. This is my name, and this is who I am to you. So no matter where you are in life, he is this, the answer to you. He himself, as long as he is, you have that answer. As long as he is, and he is, hallelujah, he lives forevermore. He's been raised from the dead, never to die again, praise God. He is, he lives, praise God. And as long as he lives, he is all of those things to you. Our lives as believers are meant to be, is, is meant to be one of discovering who He is to us, discovering who He has pledged Himself to be with His own life, discovering the plan that He has for every one of us, discovering the blessing, discovering the the wonder of knowing Him personally. Every single one of us, and it doesn't matter where you are in your Christianity, He is there, praise God. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of Christian living. Jesus is with you. He is there, praise God. In fact, that is one of his names. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. That name is written on the temple. And that is you, praise God, the temple of God. The Lord is there. He's right here. Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you, even to the ends of the earth. That's who he is to you. Ever present. Right here, praise God. Always right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is who He is to us. This is our great God and Savior. This is the one who has opened the way for us. 
This one, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I may have been a sinner. I may have been in darkness, but he has delivered me. He has paid the penalty for my sin. I shall never pay the penalty myself. I shall never die again. Praise God. I have eternal life in him. He did that. And I'm going to boast and brag about what he has done. Praise God. That's verse 31 over here. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Who are we bragging on? Who are we glorying in? Who are we saying is wonderful and awesome? Who is the one that gets all that glory? That is Jesus. He is that one, praise God. He did it, hallelujah. And we are going to shout about it. We are going to declare it with our mouths. We are going to believe it in our hearts. And we are going to live like it's true, praise God. He's the one that gets the glory. Because he's the one that did all the work. Hallelujah. He gets all of the glory. Whatever you think you are in Christ Jesus, He is the one who's made you that because you are His workmanship. He has made you that way. And He's not finished with you yet, praise God. There is so much more that He wants to do. Open up your eyes. Open up the eyes of your heart. See Him with your heart and realize that He has so much more in store for you. Let him be to you who he says he is to you. You don't got to make him do nothing. You got to let him be that to you. And say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You know how to direct it. You know how to lead me. You know what's best for me. You know how to, to govern my heart. You know how to do that. And I trust you to do that. I'm not going to struggle and stress and try to make this happen and change this and change that. No, you're the changer. You change not, but you change me. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that delivers us. He's the one that transforms us to look just like him. He does it. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to the one who lives forever. Glory be to the one who has purchased us with his own life. Glory be to him who has made us his own. Glory be to Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.